And now the moment we've all been waiting for. I am Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. All right, all right, buckle up, because we're going to dive into the weeds here on communication and connection and how to get the most from a conversation. Because I've always had an active mind and a lot to say, and in the right setting, I would constantly be expressing myself, and I was and am still probably pretty annoying and maybe even seen as an attention hog to some people who... (laughs) don't quite know me all the way yet, but there's also been times in my life where I felt shy or nervous or I didn't speak up when I maybe wanted to because I was afraid of embarrassment or being rejected or punished for stepping over my bounds. And at those times, it may have seemed like I was just a, a quiet kid who wanted to keep to himself, but that assumption would have been wrong. I love to talk. And that's probably pretty obvious, but I've learned some valuable lessons from choosing when to talk and when to keep my mouth shut and be patient. And I would like to share those with you today because I had a mentor, Terry Liveran, if you're out there, you're the man. Um, and I mentioned him before in uh, a mentor in business. And the last, on the one of the podcasts I had said, you know, he said, he used to say, all right, I'm going to show you a couple things in this industry, in this business. At first, you're going to listen, but then you're going to listen. And you can go back and look up that podcast, but um, there were other things that he said kind of in that same frame. And those are going to be the focus of, of this. So one of the things he said is sometimes you need to be the one talking And sometimes you need to be the one who says nothing. And he said, here's why listening first is always better. And I love this. He said, because if I listen, then I get to know what you know. And I already know what I know. But when I listen, then I now know what you know, which means... My knowledge grew the most. And I think that's, it sounds obvious and uh, it may be kind of like simplistic, but, but it actually is super profound. Because if you think about what, what are you trying to get when you speak? And it could be different things. But if you're trying to learn something and benefit from it, and come away with more knowledge in a conversation, then you can't do that by speaking. By speaking more, I guess. So, like, if I I just wanted to speak and show what I know for the sake of posturing or proving that I should be respected and acknowledged or to try to convince you that you should do or think what I want you to do or think, then I lose in a conversation in multiple ways. Number one, the obvious one that I just mentioned, I don't learn anything. And, but then you're learning all kinds of things that I'm either either learning that I'm a braggart or a bag of hot air that just wants to hear himself talk or that I do know what I'm talking about 
That would be a good outcome. Or that I don't know what I'm talking about. Still be a good outcome for you to know that. Those are all valuable things that you could use how you please just by listening. But if I'm talking, I'm not the one learning. Number two, the other thing that I lose is the opportunity to build trust with the other person that I'm talking with. And maybe even get any amazing knowledge or nuggets of wisdom or things that they were going to share with me because I torpedoed it before they could and now they don't want to. Throw them off the track or they're just put off by it. Number three is I stifle their curiosity because I just narrowed their focus before we could even get going to the thing that I was saying. Or I lost their interest by being irrelevant. Like maybe I just jabbering on about whatever came to my mind first and it wasn't intentional and I'm just not basically showing them I don't really care what, what they care about. And that's when people unplug. That's why anytime you you think about sitting sitting in a class or talking to somebody and your eyes glaze over, it's usually because they've been talking and not taking a breath, and it hasn't they haven't even asked you about yourself, right? And so number four, I lose the best chance to say the right thing and establish a real connection. On the last podcast, I introduced connection as the fourth element of the bonfire that I've been trying to, I've been trying to put my finger on. I'm super excited about that. And that's really the the aim of this one is to take that further because that's the ultimate goal of, of talking with people is connection. But real connection is not about simply interacting with someone. Sometimes we make that mistake, like I connected with you on this Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, or I, yeah, I had a meeting, I talked to him, we connected, but real connection, there's countless meetings and conversations that happen every day where the limitless potential of two or more people coming together is never even close to being tapped into or seized. We just squander it constantly. It's, and that's okay. But if connection, because if, if connection is not the goal, then it's just people speaking, but nothing useful or good comes out of it. Or maybe the bare minimum outcome is achieved of passing some information on and just kind of doing some operational thing. But it could be worse sometimes. Sometimes everyone walks away from a conversation actually worse off. And happens more often than not. Um, Usually one of the more negative things. But real connection is about the bond of trust. And alignment and understanding and mutual empathy and unity of mind and heart. And it has a product that's bigger and stronger and more enduring and magnificent than the things that go into it or the sum of its parts, which would be the two people. Um, So if I walk away from a conversation feeling like I got to feel important or get my point across or show off a little, I just threw away the thing I really wanted deep in my heart or just as a human in general, that was at least there waiting to be built. I just throw it away because I came in just talking about myself. Right. Um, so if I walk, walk away like that, then we're losing a chance. And maybe you say, well, somebody has to speak first. 
But what I'm saying is if it has to be you, yeah, introduce yourself. Don't be weird and awkward. But then make it a genuine question about them. And this is not to win them as your friend or quote-unquote influence them. But so you can both learn and grow and benefit together. That's why we ask. That's the, that's the higher reason to ask a question. And I've been in sales for over a decade, and nothing makes me more uncomfortable than someone asking me questions about myself and others, not out of a genuine interest and curiosity, but to try to establish control of a conversation or to make people like them. It's an ironic concept when, when it's used that way. Because basically, if you're doing that, you're asking me questions because you want me to think good things about you. And that's, that's shady. It's just not, it's no good. It's not real. The way to see if this is what is happening. And I'm not paranoid about this kind of stuff, but I, I know when I see it. So I'm going to share kind of the, the gut check on that. The way to see if this is what's happening is you ask whoever's doing this. Maybe they're saying, they're just asking you all these questions about you and, and seeming to be interested, but just feels a little off. If you ask them a question back when you see an opening, if they answer quickly with no depth or detail more than once or twice and try to just come back to asking you all the questions, then that should be a red flag. I mean, obviously, depending on the format, like, don't nitpick me here, but like the format matters. But if we're just talking about a normal conversation where it's supposed to be kind of two-sided, but they're asking all the questions and you're just talking about yourself and and they won't answer your questions. That should be a red flag. This conversation is not about you and it's probably not about friendship or a partnership. It's about establishing control and influence under the disguise of interest and empathy. The godfather of, of interpersonal relationship and self-development books is Dale Carnegie. And he wrote this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's it an incredible book, actually. And, and a lot of great principles in it. was. And he was right that people like to talk about themselves. And hear their names said out loud and feel like others are interested in them. And I think that's like a really groundbreaking book. And a lot of things, a lot of the stuff out there is all just kind of stemmed off of that. And it's, I think it's changed the world. Um, so it, it had a good impact, but... If you're just doing this as a technique, asking questions, and your heart's not in it, it's shallow and annoying to people who recognize it as a, a persuasion tactic. My dad always used to say, don't throw bull crap at the bull. He knows what it is, and he's not going to be happy that you think he wants to eat it. The problem is, it really does work in a lot of cases with a lot of people, regardless of your intention. Because they don't realize what's happening. The difference is that if your goal is to have influence and likability and acceptance and admiration and recognition from people, then that is going to be your end benefit. Or as, as Jesus Christ said, they have their reward. But I don't think that's what we truly want or that brings us lasting joy and fulfillment in life. 
just to be liked and, and admired and accepted. Like those are good things. They're not bad things. And I, I don't fault anyone for wanting them. But if you want the real prize of connection and collaboration and unity and alignment and loyalty and love and trust and a bond, then asking someone about themselves has got to be more than a tactic. You need to ask questions because you believe that getting to know them will bring you together in a better way as a team or a family. Maybe you're saying, well, what if I have something that needs to, like, we we shouldn't just speak, right? Um, We should listen more. But what if I have something that needs to be heard and said and considered and I'm being marginalized in the conversation or my opinion is not valued because of my status in the group seems to be less than. And that's a very real possibility and a valid concern that I've wrestled with and experimented with in a lot of different ways. So let me share a little bit of my background. I'm the young, the second youngest of six kids. And growing up, I had a great life. Um, great parents, great family. I love my, my parents, my siblings. But just being at that position in the family, it was hard to get a word in sometimes. That's just how it usually shakes out when you have that many people. Each spot in a family has its advantages and disadvantages. But it, it was easy to not feel like I wasn't It was easy to feel like I wasn't just seen as being cute or funny, but that I should just let the big kids enter the grown-ups talk. <laughs> I know it sounds like some psychobabble, but but that's uh, it's no one's fault, but I, I internalized that perception that I formed. Nobody forced it on me to, to be just who part of who I was, just the kid that had to sit at the kitty table and Cute and funny, but not one, not not part of the, not part of the real strategy here, right? Or the or the real decision making, and I I just internalized that over time, and I carried it as like a chip on my shoulder and a curse of sorts into a lot of scenarios as an adult, and and something tells me that other people have experienced this, regardless of where you're at in, you know, your family pecking order or whatever it is. But what I mean is that because I never let go of that as part of my identity, as I got older, I usually just still felt like I was not supposed to speak or that I shouldn't chime in unless I was invited to or had earned a seat at the table. And often when I did, I did not feel like I had the confidence that was that what I said mattered as much as like the other people's thoughts and ideas and strategies and opinions and teachings and advice and decisions and influence, et cetera. And I, and I think because people could sense that underlying lack of confidence, whatever you want to call it, imposter syndrome, I don't, I don't know, but they could sense that. So when I did speak, even when I really tried to mask that feeling underneath, they often would only hear or see that lack of confidence and not the actual words I was saying. Even if I had the solution to solve all of their problems and I could eliminate hunger and make everyone rich or whatever it was, like they didn't hear those words. They just, they could see that kind of missing piece of me. And that kind of turns into this feeling of needing to 
to show to show up uh, to show people like look come take me seriously you know so i started to feel like you know what i will have my voice heard and i will prove that i am worthy of respect and acceptance as much as anyone and just because i can't do it like you doesn't mean i i don't have value in what i'm saying and that i'm not just as smart and talented and valuable as, as what you're bringing to the table so I just started to blurt it out or throw fit and in one form or another and say, so I just told myself, look, this is better than not having my voice heard. I'm standing up. Or I, you know, I try other stuff. Like I try to tell, I still do this one sometimes. It's just like a leftover <laughs> bad habit, but I, I love telling stories. And so I try to tell these endless stories about myself to get people to like me and establish some sort of credibility or acceptance with any new group or person I met, I thought, oh, if they hear this cool story about me, they'll, they'll like me, <laughs> right? Or they'll, they'll accept me or they'll value what I have to say. Or to just offer helpful solutions and explanations for anything and everything. So anytime somebody needed help, oh, I know, I know the answer to that. As if people were going to lift me up and say, he's done it. He's taken, we, we didn't know how we were going to figure this out, but Nate always comes in the clutch and has the answer to everything. And yeah, I still do this sometimes, but life's a work in progress. Okay. Um, it's, it's not the right way to think about it. I, I don't believe another one that I would do is I'd, I'd show, you know, in a conversation, I'll show my engagement and understanding of what they're saying. I, I would try to anticipate what they're going, what they're going with, with whatever they're saying. And I, like maybe this is an ADHD thing, but again, that doesn't define me, but I, I'd interrupt them at the first chance to show them that I was on the same page and tracking with them. And I never, the problem is I'd never give myself the chance to actually find out if they were going where I thought they were. I was overconfident <laughs> in my ability to anticipate what kind of thing they were bringing. And I just, Want to show them, oh, I'm with you, I'm with you. It's this, 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 right? Or if I got interrupted mid-story or midpoint, I'd let them speak, but then always insist on coming back to what I had started saying or finishing my story. Like, oh, back to my story. Or anyway, back to my point. Sorry, we got off track there. Back to what I want to talk about. Back to what I was saying. And I didn't realize how all these little things that I just explained her were just like little by little, I got curious and I just started to ask myself, how will it affect me and my connection to people? If I just did the opposite of all of this, <laughs> like if I stop feeling like no one is listening and I realize I'm no longer that little boy, I don't have something to prove, but I've got something to offer and that people really need it. And not that it's their loss if they don't see that yet, but that it's my job to bring it to them in a way that encourages them to bring the best of what they have as well. And to never, ever underestimate what that thing could be from anyone. Always assume they know something you don't and keep an open learner's mind, regardless of their status or what you think you've learned that they haven't. They probably have, everyone has something to teach you. And sometimes it's way bigger than you think. If you just let it happen. Like to think that 
the opposite of what I was doing would be to think, what if the words they're saying actually contain a deeper understanding than I normally would assume from this combination of words? What if I just let the conversation go where it's going to go and stop thinking that you need to finish every single thought or story, but just to just let it go. And if it shows back up, it shows back up. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. My friends, I'm here bloodied in battle as a communicator, making a lot of the biggest mistakes there are to make to tell you that the less you try to force what you want in a conversation, the more you set the stage for something much greater, not just for you, but for everyone. Go get them. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I love the chance to make your day better in some way, whether that ends up being just a quick reset that you needed to change things up or even just a laugh or some fresh perspective. If you're getting value out of it, can you please do me a favor and share it with someone else? Because as more people find and listen to the show, I'm able to bring more good stuff more often. It is the fuel to the bonfire. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback and any thoughts or ideas or questions you have so we can be more connected and make the show even better with your input and your inspiration. The quickest way to do that is to send a message to my Instagram handle at wayofthebonfire which is also included in the show notes. And if you just want to avoid accidentally scrolling on social media, you can send me an email at nate at wayofthebonfire.com. And you know it, but make sure you click that follow button so you can catch new episodes as soon as they're available. Keep tending the bonfire, and we'll see you on the next one.